I'm Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to 20s Are Hard, our fortnightly podcast on surviving your 20s. How have you been doing? It feels like ages since we last recorded. Doesn't it? I was thinking that earlier today. I was almost worried that we'd accidentally missed a week, but... I thought that. <laughs> um, but no, we've not missed a week, at least not to our knowledge. But no, I'm I'm pretty good, actually. There's been a lot of changes happening here in Australia recently, and... We had some friends over this week and we visited our neighbours last weekend because we can now have up to five people um, in our own home um, like at the same time, which is really, really nice. And I was honestly like an excited kid, like a kid that got all the candy to actually have human interaction again. And you don't realise how much you miss it. It was just so, it was really exciting and I got too excited and probably drank too much on a school night, but... <laughs> wild thing I know but no it's been really really nice and we took some day trips at the weekend as well because although we can't stay overnight we can now travel which I think is the same as the UK we can now travel like unlimited distance from home for recreation recreational activities she's like fishing boating hiking and also prospecting just in case you want <laughs> to go prospecting for gold you can now legally do that again in Australia very very happy <laughs> I, just, I find it hilarious that that's the thing um we can yeah we can travel unlimited amounts for exercise but we can't stay anywhere so and we're allowed to meet in open spaces like but you have to be two meters apart and it can be one it's like one person of the household it's like a one-on-one situation um nice and it has it did mean that I could socially distancely see my mum and then later my dad and a friend on my birthday which was nice Oh, um, tell tell us about your birthday. I was so sad to not be there, but I kind of was there. We had a really great Skype last night. We did. It was. Do you know what? I was really. I love my birthday. Anyone who's listened to the podcast will will know that I love my birthday, and I love getting everyone together and just seeing everyone. And normally, I will either like have a big thing and see everyone, or we'll go on holiday. Um, and this year we couldn't do either, which so I kind of felt a bit weird about the whole thing so I was like oh like it's just gonna be a bit weird having a lockdown birthday but it actually ended up being really really lovely um I skyped you in the morning of course and then one of our other friends made and if anyone is going to have an isolation birthday or you know someone who's having an isolation birthday I cannot recommend doing this enough um one of our friends contacted loads of my family and friends and asked them to record like quick video clips wishing me a happy birthday she edited it together and put it to sound like to put it to music and sent it to me on the morning of my birthday and it was honestly the best thing like it fully made me well up but I was in hysterics at the same time and it is just the most precious thing because then I everyone actually wished me a happy birthday and it was just so lovely yeah, it was so cute. I loved that video so much. It made me really happy. It was just a sweet, it was so thoughtful. And actually, that was the thing. Like, I think everyone knew, and I couldn't see Alex because he's still down in Devon. Um, and that was pretty crap to not be able to see him on my birthday. Um, because he couldn't have even driven up for a day. It's so far. But yeah. We kind of it we kind of made do, and then we made pizzas in the garden in the evening, which was really nice. Um had some champagne and everyone just was so thoughtful. Sorry, I just had a train go past if that's what you heard with that. I wonder what that was. I thought it was like a kid shouting <laughs> in the garden. No, it's a cargo train going past. Um, but yeah, it was really lovely. And I think considering I couldn't go out and see people and have a big party like normal or go away, it was really lovely. Um, and I got to FaceTime a lot of people. And in some ways, I think I probably spoke to more people than I would have on a normal birthday. Because no one else had anything to do either. <laughs> but I think it's like you said, though, people are kind of so aware of it that it is a bit crappy to have a lockdown birthday. So then people do want to make that effort and reach out. And I think, yeah, yeah. it's really nice. It's really lovely. And then yesterday we had, so the four of us guys plus our boyfriends all did a group Skype. Um, and again, Beck just blew it out of the park organising this. We had... Um, know your boo which is like Mr and Mrs we had what else did we do we did oh throwback Thursday so she'd got like old Facebook statuses um, and we had to match the Facebook statuses to the person um, it was just brilliant like it was so much fun and again like that 
we never would have done that kind of thing. We would have like gone out for breakfast or we would have gone for a drink and it would have been lovely. But all eight of us together doing that was so much fun. Yeah. So I think there are ways to make a birthday or an anniversary or anything like that special, even if you're locked down and can't really do anything. And organised fun is always fun. <laughs> I love organised fun. I love organised fun. I feel like I really hit middle age. Like It really sums me up as a person for this birthday. I got given a box of rosé, like a whole box of bottles of rosé, um, a label maker, nice. which I can't wait to crack out. Um, and I got like, I just got so much alcohol and things to organise my life with. And I just think that's everything you need to know about me. Yeah. Oh, organisation, organised fun, organisation gifts. That is the best combo, especially for me or you. <laughs> you know, I'm so excited to get my label maker out. I can't even, I'm excited to pack to move to get my label maker out. <laughs> You'll just keep moving loads of times just, just so you can use the label maker. <laughs> I'm like what can I and I don't want to make any labels yet I'm like I'm gonna wait because when we move um there is a zero waste shop quite near where we're gonna be so we're hoping to kind of be able to use that and I want to get some jars and like put rice pasta all that kind of thing on it so I'm just saving I'm saving myself for the label extravaganza that will happen when I move <laughs> much to Alex's horror is that why do you need to label a glass jar to say it has pasta in it when you can see it has pasta in it. I was like, that's not the point, is it? Just doesn't understand, does not appreciate the label maker. <laughs> no, but he will grow to love it. Um, but yeah, that that's pretty much been all I've been up to, but it has been really lovely. And then it now just feels a bit weird because it's all kind of like back to reality. Like I had a week off work as well, which if you can take any, if you're not furloughed or um, you've been made redundant or anything in this time and you're still working and you can take time off, I can't recommend taking a day or two off enough. Like it's really helped me mentally. Yeah, I think it's really easy to feel guilty about taking time off because you're like, oh, I'm at home anyway. Like if you are working from home, you're at home anyway and you're like, oh, I shouldn't really. And that's definitely how I've felt. But I think, yeah, having a break from that is even more important because every day is so similar at the moment. Yeah. And I just found that I was working more hours and getting more and more stressed and like really in that cycle and that little goldfish bowl. But having a few days away from it has really reminded me that there is kind of a world outside of it. And that has definitely helped a bit. Yeah, God, I realised for the first time, like since I came here that, God, I hope no one from work listens, but I don't mean this in a bad way, but I was actually dreading like Monday mornings going to work. And I've, I can't remember the last time I actually felt like that. It's really not like thankfully, like I obviously I'm very lucky, but I've never really felt that sense of dread before about jobs. And I think it is just because of that monotony and the stress of it and how much longer my days are, despite the fact being I'm at home. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? I think, and I think we're going to discuss this later anyway, but there's such a pressure right now that you've suddenly got all this like extra time. I don't really feel like I have any extra time because I'm just working more <laughs> and the thing of like well just turn off your computer doesn't it's not always something that's actually achievable yeah god I really miss having a desktop attached to my desk at work that I can literally walk out walk away from at 5 p.m and not even have access to because that's the thing now my work laptop is my personal laptop it's way too easy to have that overlap and as well I'm like I say before if I meant to finish at five and even if I didn't finish at five, I would know that I'd have to finish within the next half an hour or else I'm going to get home really late because I'd miss my train. Oh, yeah. So there was always an incentive of something that would be like, right, what it like, could this wait until tomorrow? Does this need to be done right now? There was a very clear cutoff where it was like, okay, if I do any more, this is the impact on my life. Yeah. So it was quite easy for me to have that objective thing of like, nope, actually, I've done enough for a day. I've achieved everything I need to achieve. This can happen tomorrow. Whereas now, my commute downstairs is 30 seconds and I'm home, you know? So it's like, oh, but I could just do this one more thing or I could just do this or I'll just respond to that email or, oh, so-and-so's online, I'll just send them a message. And before you know it, it's quarter past six. Yeah. And you're like, what? Not good. But yeah, if you, if definitely, if you can take some time off, I'd really recommend it because it's definitely, even though I don't feel like I've done loads, there isn't really a lot you can do right now. Like I've just watched a lot of TV and cooked a bit and relaxed but I do feel more human again yeah 
Oh, definitely. I think it's still just as important, if not more so, to have the time off at the moment. Definitely. I thought originally, I was like, oh, it's such a waste of annual leave. Like, I'm not going to go on holiday. The reality is I'm not going to be allowed to go on holiday this year anyway. Yeah. And short of, like, moving where I'll need maybe a week off or whatever, there's nothing else I need my annual leave for. Like, right now, when we're in the depths of this, like, really tough time, it is more important for me to take a break than it will be come, like... January, February, if I'm then allowed to go out the country, I'm allowed to like go outside and do stuff. Yeah. Because at that point, going outside. Yeah, it's more what you need right now than thinking, oh, but I might need it for later. No, if you need it now, you should take it now. Definitely. And I'm like, already, I'm like, okay, towards the end of the summer when I know we're going to be moving, I'm just going to make sure I've taken a week off and I'm just going to give myself the time to, because moving anyway is stressful and emotional. I was like, I'm going to give myself the time to do that and settle in somewhere. And originally I was like, no, I shouldn't take any time off because I'm working from home anyway. But I'm like, well, that's still, like, that will still have a lot of, like, stuff I need to do related to it that I won't be able to do when I'm working. Um, and it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely just made me realise that I should take more time off when I need it rather than feeling like I have to earn it. Yeah, definitely. Um, do we want to move on to recommendations? Yeah, you can start. What's your first one? Yep. So my first recommendation is an article and it's really well written. It is American centric, but it's just really well informed. And it really made me think about kind of the afterwards of all of this. And Mm -hmm. I think it's something that everyone should consider. And it's basically saying after all this is over, or at least like things are returning to normal. It's basically saying that you, you're going to be gaslit by the marketing and advertising industry to make you convinced that you need to spend money on all of these things, this and that, to make you feel normal again and to bring you back into normal society and the normal rhythm of life. Because we've been apart from so many of the normal things that we'd have on a day-to-day basis, like going to the high street and going shopping or buying things online because maybe we've lost our job or you've got less income so you're not able to buy those things all of those impacts that have had kind of an economic effect which obviously I'm not saying like the economy does need to be picked up again and there is going to have to be a huge push but the reality is there's going to be a massive downturn and this article is basically saying you're about there is about to be unleashed on society the greatest campaign created to make you feel normal again And it's just saying that you should really be aware of that. Don't be gaslit into thinking you need to buy this or you need to do that or you need to purchase this. And it says it will come from brands. It will come from the government. It will even come from each other and it will come from the left and from the right. We will do anything, spend anything, believe anything just so we can take away how horribly uncomfortable all of this has felt. And on top of that, just to turn the screw that much more will be the one effort that's even greater. The all out blitz to make you believe you never really saw what you saw. And it's kind of leaning more into the American side. But again, it's that idea that people will forget. They'll forget that they they saw the horrendous scenes in hospitals and they'll forget the numbers of people that died and they'll forget the huge impact that it's had on people's lives and livelihoods. And you'll just be convinced by this huge kind of machine that you need to do all of these things and spend all of your money to get back to normal. And I I don't know, maybe this makes me sound massively sceptical because I totally appreciate that the economy will need a lot of support to be picked up again. But I think especially when you're thinking the sacrifices that people have made now to then be forced into returning to this normal because like brands and advertising are telling you so it's it's just it makes you realize how much day-to-day you're influenced by the things that you see and you're advertised and then even more so how what has happened can be used as basically a marketing tool to make people feel that way when this is over I think that's so interesting and it's something I hadn't thought of it from that perspective of there will be that mass marketing move and there definitely will be because and you rightly said like we will need to mobilize the economy and things again like that's for sure but I think in the hurry to do that we can all forget how awful this has been and continues to be and how long the effects will last for people because even if you think of kids at school you know 
the impact that has on your education, your ability to learn is huge. That doesn't go away as soon as you go back to school. And people who have lost their jobs won't magically be in the same financial position as they were pre-COVID the second they get a new job. And I couldn't, I was thinking the other day actually about this kind of thing of, of people forgetting. And it really spooked me because I thought, I don't want us to forget. Like I want, I want us all to move on and kind of get get back to some semblance of like a normal life and have like a happy regular kind of existence of seeing people and going to work and all that kind of thing but already you have so many people like in London last weekend there were protests in Hyde Park about there being forced vaccinations and people not being allowed to leave their houses and I'm like already the anti-vaxxers and the you know freedom of speech police are out there saying nope this is wrong like it's like you know all of this I'm like but don't it does a discredit to everyone who's made those sacrifices and it it is gaslighting thing of oh it's not that bad yes it is it really is and it kind of just spooked me a bit because I was like god are we going to actually return to normal life that quickly and forget everything that's happened and forget the absolutely horrendous things that have happened and I, I know that I know it's a bit of a um I guess a bit of not I don't want to say controversial but a bit of a maybe a privileged thing to say because there are things that happen all over the world every single year that are absolutely horrendous that we do block out of our memory and we very conveniently forget about and we don't necessarily pay tribute to in the way that we should by like changing our behaviours. Um, but I think this has affected the world on a scale that hasn't been seen for a long time and to think that people are just going to forget that and be like, nope, yeah, you're right. We do need do we need to buy all this stuff and have all of these things to get back into that rat race of being accepted and normal is really quite scary, I think. Yeah. Well, the whole article actually it's interesting what you say about kind of normal and how men, how we may have kind of turned a blind eye to other things going on in the world before, because it kind of ends by saying like that deafening noise before of just life has been removed. And this is the chance to define a new version of normal a rare, truly sacred opportunity to get rid of the bullshit and to only bring back what works for us, what makes our lives richer, Mm. what makes our kids happier and what makes us truly proud. We care deeply about one another. That is clear. We are good people. And as good people, we want to define on our own on our own terms what this country looks like in five, 10, 50 years time. This is our chance to do that and the biggest chance we've ever gotten. And we shouldn't and we shouldn't live to regret it. Yes, a hundred percent. I think when this first happened, everyone was like, "Oh my god, everything's going to be so different post this." And now people are like, "Oh, nothing's going to change." I think there's a happy medium, and I don't think it's even about mobilizing a huge change on a social level. It's on an individual level, yeah. And that's how the difference will be made. Yeah. Like for me personally, like if someone says to me now, "I need to work five days a week in an office," I'm like, "Where's your business case for that?" Because it just I think it's woken us all up to a lot of things that we've accepted as normal and necessary that just aren't necessary anymore. It's really interesting you've said that about working in an office. This isn't even related to the article, but I saw on Reddit the other day and it was like a life pro tip. And it said, going forward, when an interviewer, a job interview asks if you have any questions, said going forward, a question should be, how did your company respond to the COVID-19 situation? So it's like, what a good yeah. way to look at not only how how much they value like uh, employee support and performance over kind of the numbers forcing people to stay in the office, but also about where they where they're seeing their company move in the future and what they kind of value and put as the most important. And I thought, God, that's such a good technique going forward, isn't it? To just really look at how a company responds in a crisis. Definitely. That's really good, actually, because that isn't necessarily something I would think. Because when I when I get asked that question, I'm like, oh, how do you approach flexible working? Like what's work life balance like and that sort of thing. But that's a really brilliant thing to ask, because I think how and I know this is a new world for everyone, but how a company responds in a true crisis, I think, says a lot about them and the decisions they make and how quickly they respond to things. Yeah, definitely. Um. Do you want to go ahead with your first recommendation? Yes. Um, so mine's a little bit lighter. 
it's a TV show that I have discovered. It is not new, but I'm obsessed with it, and it's The Mindy Project. And um, I've, a very long story short, I now have Now TV, which I accidentally got, but I've actually really enjoyed it, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is just the most new thing ever. But anyway, and I was trying to scroll through and just, I wanted a new sitcom to watch. I love sitcoms. They are my absolute favourite type of TV, and I have no shame in saying that. Um, but I finished Modern Family. I've watched Friends 101 times, and I was like, what can I watch? And The Mindy Project was on there. And I was like, oh, actually, that sounds like something I might enjoy, and it's basically about an OBGYN. She's in her like early 30s in New York, basically looking for love. And it's really funny. It's a very self-aware comedy in the same way that Brooklyn Nine-Nine has a quite good self-awareness piece. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's a diverse cast, but it's like a naturally diverse cast, if that makes sense. Like it, it tells a very wide variety of stories, but it doesn't feel forced, which I think is really important, particularly in sitcoms. Um, and it's just very light and easy to watch. And I've watched like three or four series in the past two weeks. So I've put it on in the background and it's really what I need right now. I, I just need that light entertainment. I don't want... I also watch normal people. And I mean, I have a lot of opinions about normal people that are not in line <laughs> with the rest of the British public. So I'm not really sharing those. But um, I think I'm the only person who didn't absolutely fall in love with it. Um, if there's any other people who didn't love normal people out there, please get in touch. I like to feel like I'm not completely alone. <laughs> <laughs> but the Mindy Project is like much it's it's just what I needed like it's very light it's funny it's it doesn't take itself too seriously and I really love Mindy Kaling as well um I think she's hilarious and I, I really like her books as well so if you need something light to watch I'd recommend if you have Hulu yeah and I don't really understand how Hulu works I, I don't really understand it um but series four to six were done on Hulu like I think they they were on NBC and then it moved to Hulu. Um, so you might be able to view the whole thing if you have Hulu. I don't know. Like I said, I don't really understand how that works. But if not, it's on Now TV in the UK. Oh, nice. I know what you mean because we've started watching Parks and Rec and you just kind of need that light and easygoing thing at the moment to just enjoy and put on in the background. Yeah, you just want characters that you can kind of like and get involved with and that sense of familiarity especially when you've got something that's light-hearted but has like 24 episodes a season you can really feel like you know the people in it and it's quite comforting yeah oh my god yeah <laughs> um and this is where I watch friends all these years later oh yeah absolutely I still watch friends now even though I've seen every episode a million times yeah what is your second recommendation my second one is also a lot lighter than my first one Good. um <laughs> but it's the new Disney movie called Onward. And we watched it on Disney Plus this week and I absolutely loved it. Felt really emotional. Like I really enjoyed it and was really invested in it. It's basically, um, so it's Disney Pixar and it's set in a kind of mythical fantasy world and two teenage um, like elf brothers go on this quest to basically spend one last day with their father who passed away when they were younger and it's a really like it's quite emotional but in a really sweet and kind of like heartwarming way and they just go on this adventure and it's classic just Disney fun really colorful like it's funny and as always there's like some jokes in there that like you get if you're a bit older and but it's also really interesting because it's basically this mythical land they've they've gotten a bit lazy and they've kind of forgotten that they're magic because people invented electricity they invented the light bulb they invented cars so they've forgotten how to do magic and one of the brothers realizes that he still has some magic in him and he uses that on this quest to spend one more day with his dad so it's kind of like this really interesting commentary about kind of people being so lazy that they forget about their natural kind of abilities but also just a really fun and easygoing and enjoyable movie that I definitely recommend if, if you don't if you can get it anywhere else apart from Disney Plus. It must be available to like rent or like buy as a one-time thing. It might be on something like Amazon now, because I know Disney did put Frozen 2 on something else as well, didn't they, when it came out? Um that sounds really lovely though. I haven't watched a Pixar movie in ages. We watched We watched Moana a few weeks back, but that obviously isn't Pixar. Um, 
I might watch that because I've got Disney Plus. And oh, actually, this is not totally relevant, but if I don't say it now, I will forget. <laughs> um, on the 3rd of July, if you have Disney Plus, they are live streaming Hamilton on oh, sh- Disney Plus. <gasps> so it's like a recording from Broadway. Um, I can't remember the timings. I'll f- I'll try and find the timings and I will put them in the show notes because like most of the population, we have been trying to get tickets to Hamilton for ages and then um, we- it just has never worked out for us being able to do it. But I saw this advertised on Instagram a couple of weeks ago. So on the yeah, 3rd of July, it's being streamed for free. Well, I say for free. If you have Disney Plus, then obviously it's, be- it's free, but you have to have Disney Plus to do it. But you can get a seven-day free trial for Disney Plus. So if you don't have it, that could be your workaround. Yeah, um, oh, that's awesome. I really, really want to see Hamilton. So yeah, I'm going to watch yeah, that. Just like, I, I keep meaning to say it, and I knew if I didn't say it then. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, that sounds like a really sweet film, like the kind of film we all need right now. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, what's your second recommendation? So I know a few weeks ago when we did our bumper recommendations, I spoke about Cycle. Um, but more specifically, I want to recommend the bar classes by Rod. He does a couple on Instagram live a week via um, Cycle, so the Cycle Instagram page. And he does a couple on his own channel and then he does a couple of Zoom classes a week as well, which you can pay for. And anyone who knows me knows that I have a very turbulent relationship with exercise, to put it mildly. Um, <laughs> but I've been really enjoying bar because it's a different type of challenge. Like it's not complicated moves. I hate cardio. I hate classes where you're moving from one thing to another and you can't get the move and it requires a lot of coordination and it just stresses me out and I don't find it fun. But bar makes me sweat and it is tough and it makes my entire body shake, but it's so much fun. And Rod's energy is what makes it. Like a lot of the cycle instructors are brilliant, but Rod in particular his energy is just absolutely brilliant. He always has a brilliant playlist. And the whole mentality is very much like, um, just believe your body is capable of it and try your best because you're not going to get any better unless you give it a go. He's like, hold he's like, hold your plank for just one extra second today. And it's all very achievable. It's very empowering. And it's really fun as well. And if you've never done bar, it's kind of like... Um, I can never remember how you said, like, calisthenics, calisthenics. I can't really pronounce it. Calisthenics? Oh, gosh. Yeah, (laughs) something like that. It's about very small movements, um, but they they get, like, deep into your muscle, and it's, I ache the next day, but it's brilliant. And he also has on his IGTV, um, like, 15-minute ones. He has, like, a 15-minute abs and arms, a 15-minute arse and arms. And so even if you can't get in like the full 45 minute workout, there's always something there that you can do. Ooh, that one sounds and, perfect for me because I want to start squeezing in like a really quick workout before I start work in the morning. But I just, I, I do not have time for a 45 minute class like at all. No. And it's really good. And then next, when does this go live? This goes live on Wednesday. So next Saturday, he has a 90s and noughties themed bar class which I cannot wait for I'm not sure if it's sold out because it was on zoom but if it's not I'll pop the link in the show notes again um but I can't wait like I am so excited (laughs) and I've never really felt like that about an exercise class before because even when I've enjoyed it it's felt like a bit of a chore whereas this is tough and don't get me wrong like I'm not always jumping out of bed like yeah let's do it but I found it a nice way to structure my days a little bit more and to do something that my body really likes and I really like and it's really helping me with the fact that I have I don't have great posture and I'm very long-limbed so a lot of the time like when I'm doing exercise class I just feel like I'm flailing around and not really achieving anything Whereas it doesn't matter how heavy your weights are or how big your movements are it's about being very precise and I think you'll really enjoy it as well House. I think it's like right up your street Oh yeah, I did it's one just, that you recommended before. I really enjoyed it. I hurt like crazy afterwards, but yeah, I did really enjoy it. it. But now I know there's 15 minute ones. I'm definitely going to keep doing it more. Yeah, it's nice because even on the days where you're like, I can't be bothered or I don't have the time because I do think it's a myth that we all suddenly have a load more time. It's nice to have something that's just like really upbeat music, really fun, 15 minutes and you feel like you've achieved something. And if you don't have weights or you don't have like bands or stuff like that they have loads of things you can do to modify it so you can use like tin cans or towels or stuff like that which I also really like yeah um 
I feel like that kind of led on a little bit to our main topic for today. Yeah, let's discuss this week's topic. So after our discussion about productivity becoming this weird competition during lockdown, um, we decided that this week we wanted to unpack that a little bit more and discuss some of the problematic lockdown trends that have come out of this time and some of the strange ways that people have portrayed certain things that you should be doing, especially online. I think it's been really prevalent and the impact that those bizarre trends are having on people and kind of the pressure that it's creating, which is just not helpful, especially in this time when it's already so difficult for so many people. Yeah, I think so many new trends have emerged and there's the idea that everyone now has more time and they should be doing so much with it. And there's a lot of pressure that's emerged from a situation that's already very stressful and high pressure. So we just kind of want to, I guess, remove some of that pressure and just discuss some of those things because there's enough going on right now. You don't need to feel guilty that you're not baking like eight loaves of banana bread a week. Oh my God, absolutely. I think it is just the weird, like all the skills that people have picked up and are promoting, um, all the kind of, look at how much work I've done today or how much I've done this, or I've signed up to reinvent myself with this course. Or I think there's just so many different angles. And I think the underlying issue with it all is just, it's all about comparison and people are putting that out there. And it does, it makes other people feel like crap because you might see one person promoting that they've done this certain thing or they've been really productive or they've done this massive to-do list today. But seeing one person do that doesn't mean everyone is, but it still makes you feel crap. So I shared on this, I shared something on my story last weekend about this exact thing. Give me one sec and I will find it. I just need to work out how to get there on my Instagram. One (laughs) second, one sec. It's like perfect for this. I just thought of it when you were. So it's from uh, Megan, who is at Body Posy Panda on Instagram and Twitter. I think this is actually a tweet that she shared on Instagram. But it says, okay, but maybe everyone isn't doing more than you. Maybe you just scrolled through 200 people's worth of stuff and started comparing it to your one person's worth of stuff. And it is so true and so relevant to right now don't you think like you're looking at everyone baking banana bread and everyone learning a new recipe everyone working out five times a day and suddenly you're like oh god I'm not achieving anything and that's so not true because as we've said so many times social media is a snapshot of what's going on and as soon as I read that I was just like this feels so relevant for this situation yeah but that's why it has just become this weird productivity contest because I mean, who baked the first banana bread? Like, why Why has it become that, that you have to get this huge to-do list done and you have to write this many blogs or you have to bake this amount of stuff or you have to learn how to crochet and make jumpers for everyone in your family? Like, there's been so many kind of spin-offs and different angles that then seem to have absolutely snowballed into everyone on the internet picking up one of those trends or another. And it's not it's not compulsory. Like you don't have to be doing any of those things with this time. Like it's, I just feel like I can't emphasize that enough that this is such an like unforeseen, I don't want to say unprecedented because everyone keeps saying it, but, (laughs) but there's not like a right or wrong way to react to this. So the fact that people have turned it into this strange competition to outdo each other with all these trends is bizarre to me. It's really bizarre and I definitely don't want it to sound like we're hating on people doing these things because we're doing some of these things like I'm exercising more and I'm trying to be a bit more productive with the number of blog posts I write and that kind of thing because I do have a little bit more time but I think there's there's a difference between sharing something you've done and finding a way to cope yourself because for me personally like I need some sort of distraction to cope and get through this because I'm someone who is generally out and about a lot and I see a lot of people. So I know that for my mental health, I need to be able to achieve something. But there's a difference between me saying, okay, I'm going to achieve this today. And then me feeling like I have to document every second and try and talk about it in a way that could make other people feel like crap. And I think there's a really delicate balance between being responsible in yourself and not sharing things 
that could make people feel awful, but also being self-aware enough to go, yeah, but if I'm comparing myself, that is on me a bit to, what is on you a lot to work out, to kind of deal with that yourself as well. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I think, I don't know. It's a difficult one because I do agree there is there is a fine line. And like you said, I've been writing more blog posts. And yes, there have been days where I've maybe found myself with a bit more time and it's meant that I can get a bit more done. But there's this weird kind of belief that people have more time at the moment. And they, I just don't think that's true. I mean, we've already said earlier that both of us are working more now, now we're at home, than we ever had before. And I think unless you've been furloughed, don't assume that people have more time. And even those people that have been furloughed, like, again, that doesn't mean they have more time. That doesn't mean they still don't have other commitments or other things going on. And then I think the worst thing that I've seen is then people directing that whole, like, oh, you've been made redundant. Use this extra time to, like, God, how crappy is that? If you're directing your, I don't know, advertising campaign or something towards people who have lost their job, it's crappy enough that they're worrying about trying to make ends meet, surviving financially, and probably trying to find a new job as well, let alone being told they should be using that free time to reinvent themselves or something. I don't know. Stupid. I think, no, I completely agree with you because I think there there are people who have maybe been furloughed or who are only working part-time or who just have a little bit less of a workload who can go and do those courses and do all that. And that's amazing if you can do it, like genuinely go ahead and do it. That's brilliant. But it requires that kind of holy trinity of having no other external responsibility, having the financial capability and having the time and having the health and mental capacity to do it because this is an exhausting experience. I actually read an article the other day um, about how there's been a real rise in people having nightmares and having really vivid dreams and how when you have a vivid dream or a nightmare, your sleep quality rapidly drops. So you wake up in the morning feeling absolutely exhausted, like mentally and emotionally, mm. and you carry that with you. And that has an impact on you. And I can definitely testify to that. The dreams I have had, I know we've always laughed about my crazy dreams, but <laughs> the dreams I have had in the past two months have been horrible like really horrible so I'm waking up tired and exhausted and I'm definitely not the only one like this article clearly made it clear that there you know there are plenty of people in this same position so it just seems a bit unfair of everyone to be like oh you have free time achieve everything you've never achieved before because it takes it takes it completely out of context of the situation I think Also, I think those people saying that are forgetting about all the people who, yes, they might be furloughed, but they've also had to start homeschooling their kids. Like that is a full time job in itself. You've not gained any extra time. Like you're you're now having to look after your your kids 24 seven. And there's I mean, we don't have kids. And even I know that you're not going to have any spare second if you've got children running around like come on, be realistic. And then it just, again, it puts that pressure on people, especially if they have lost their job or been furloughed and they see that other people, probably without kids, might be using that time to, I don't know, do a course or whatever. And then it makes them feel crappy that why haven't I managed to squeeze that into my schedule? It's because you literally don't have the time. And I think there's a balance, isn't there? Like sometimes, like I'm, one of the things I'm trying to do is organise our photo albums and I plan on turning it into like a big blog post at the end of it, but not because I want to brag that I've done it, but because when I've been doing it, I was like, God, it'd be really helpful if someone had like written down the step-by-step process because it's quite a daunting task. Like how's, I found some cracking photos of us at uni, Mm. Um, (laughs) but it's kind of sharing what you're doing to try and be useful to someone. It's like when you've shared recipes you've done, you've not done it to make someone feel crap. It's because that could actually be really helpful for someone. And I think there's the difference in doing something that is useful in some way versus, Oh, I've just done another 30 K run today. So, okay, that that's brilliant that you've done that. And I'm really pleased with you that that's made you feel good, but how are you adding value to someone by sharing that? Yeah, I think that that links as well to this whole use this time to reinvent yourself trend. Like, is that actually a valuable use of this time for you? And I think the the thing that's bothered me the most about it is that I've seen a lot of bloggers pushing their courses during this time. And it's made me feel yeah. really uncomfortable because, I mean, don't get me wrong. 
I know that a lot of those people also, that's their livelihood. That's how they make money. And things are difficult for them at the moment. But to be playing on this trend that you should be using this time to reinvent yourself here by my course on, I don't know, improve your photography or learn how to do this. I don't know. But I just think that that's really wrong. And also, if you didn't want to invent yourself before this all happened, don't feel like you have to do it now. Like it's just because other people are saying that you should. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with you because there's been a pandemic. Like yeah. The existence of this lockdown does not mean there was something fundamentally wrong with you that needs changing. Like, Sure, if you've got the time and you want... There's things that both of us have started doing or doing more of that we wouldn't normally do because we can. But that doesn't mean that we were flawed people for not doing it before. And also that you don't... The other thing that I kind of can't stop thinking as well is that when all this is over and we start to resume some sort of normality, are we just going to start beating one another up for not keeping up with these new things? Like, or beating ourselves up, more importantly. Are you just going to go, well, I used to cook myself a fresh dinner every single night. Yeah, because you weren't doing a two-hour commute. Yeah. Like, I just feel like a lot of these things we're getting ourselves into now, whilst they're great, I'm not sure all of us are, myself included, being necessarily as realistic as possible going, in a few months time this may no longer be realistic like I can't do an 11am bar class on a Monday if I'm if I'm going to be working like that's very strictly a lockdown bank holiday situation yeah I think especially though with exercise I feel like that's going to be a real issue because I feel like a lot of people have really really pushed the fitness trend during this time like oh you've got all this time to go on a run and then do a workout at home and blah 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 again I will have zero time for that when I go back to commuting and quite frankly, having a social life because I'd rather go out with friends and see people and enjoy myself than, than do an online exercise class. Maybe I've got my priorities wrong. I don't know. But I just think the weird comparison, like the body comparison almost of people who are pressured, like feeling pressured to do more exercise in this time I then feel after lockdown, surely those people are going to feel even worse because now that that whole kind of trend has just disappeared. And either you're going to go back to feeling rubbish because you're not doing a certain amount, that some weird kind of amount that you've set yourself in lockdown as like the standard, or it's, I just really feel like it's going to warp people's sense of how they look after their bodies a bit. Definitely. I, I really agree with you on that. And I think we some of us might now have more time to exercise and do stuff like that but it's like you were just saying the reason I'm doing like I don't get me wrong I love the bar classes I like going out for a long walk or for a run I'm enjoying doing more yoga and all of those kinds of things like I genuinely enjoy it when I do it however the only reason I'm doing it more is because there's no bloody alternative because normally on a Saturday morning I'd want to be going and seeing my friends and I don't think you have got your priorities wrong. Like, I'm completely aligned with you on that. I would much rather go for a drink on a Friday night with friends from work than go rush home for an exercise class. And so, naturally, when this is over, I'm going to go back to reprioritising seeing people, especially when this is over, because we've not been allowed to see one another for so long. It's going to be totally fine if you suddenly say actually I don't want to do that or actually I don't want to spend the time cooking tonight I just want to spend the time seeing people and I'll order food in or I'll pick something up on my way home and I think that's absolutely fine like these things we do now if you do them don't have to be these things that you've suddenly mastered for the rest of your life yeah I think I think that's a good way to look at it actually like whatever you feel is right for you now in this situation and within the limits of what we're actually allowed to do it, it doesn't have to like sounds so dramatic but it doesn't have to define you it's not like the be all and end all and in the same way that you don't need to be baking banana bread and learning how to crochet you also don't need to keep up any of these things that you've been doing once lockdown is over like everyone is just finding a way to cope at the moment and I get that maybe that is posting about how productive you've been but at the same time I think you need to acknowledge if something's at a healthy level and like you said if it provides value or whether it's just something that you're doing as a 
almost to boast because you don't feel like that there's anything else to do if that makes sense yeah no that makes total sense I think we all put enough pressure on ourselves normally and right now it's about coping and I also think there will probably be a lot of things or even things like tv shows or movies or books or whatever it is that people won't want to come back to after this because it will remind them of this time like I said I was binge watching the Mindy Mindy Project and that was a great escape for me it's very realistic that after this I won't want to ever watch it again because it will just remind me of this time yeah and I think for some people running is the biggest escape to get out and get away from what they're coping like what they're dealing with at home at the moment and for some people that will be the best escape for the rest of their life and it will transform them and that is 100% a brilliant thing but for other people the process of putting on their running gear and putting on their shoes and going out of the house will always be a bit of a covid reminder and that's okay if that memory means you don't want to do something because actually this is a coping mechanism for right now like that's fine yeah i think the bottom line is and i know we've spoken about comparison so much before but i think it does come back, come down to trying to get out of that comparison trap and like you said don't compare yourself to one person on your feed when you've scrolled through 200 and you don't know you don't know what's going on behind the scenes and I think the bottom line is we should all just be doing what we feel like we need right now like what you really need to look after yourself and put yourself first and yes 100%. and it's going to be so different for everyone like absolutely it's going to be different for everyone but I just think exploiting the situation because of these trends which might make you look better or might earn you some money at the expense of the people who are really struggling is is it sits uncomfortably with me. Yeah, for sure. And I think as well, it's not just about what works for you now, but on a day-to-day level, what works for you in terms of looking after yourself changes so much. Like some days... I wake up and I'm like, the things I need today are like really good food. I need to to go outside. I need to do something active. I need to achieve something. Other days I wake up and I'm like, all I can cope with doing today is watching TV. And that's what I need to do. And I think these things that we're doing, they don't have to be your everyday ingrained routine that you fail at if you don't do it one day. Just listen to yourself and your body each day. Like some days you might be like, I just need to be in my pyjamas today. And that is fine. That doesn't mean that for the rest of your life, you are going to just slob around on the sofa in your pyjamas. It doesn't mean that at all. Just as it doesn't mean that if you go for one run, you're going to suddenly become some Olympian. (laughs) Like We just have this thing in the society where you have to be productive and achieving all the time. And if you're not, you're lazy and you're not adding value. And actually, sometimes being lazy and being selfish are the most important things you can do for yourself and your own well-being. Yeah, I don't even think that, like, you, I don't even think it's laziness. I think it's being very self-aware if that's what you need to do to just take some time out. I think having that awareness in spite of all the noise that's going on and all of the competitions and weird lockdown trends, I think having that awareness of what you actually need to do for yourself is the most important thing. Yeah, and I think as well there's this whole... A lot of people, so I know a lot of people are locked down on their own and my heart goes out to you because I, I, even as someone who likes her own company, I know I would find that really, really hard. Part of the reason I moved to be with family before this started is because I knew I would really struggle with that. Um, but there are also people who are locked down with family or with partners and that's really hard. And there's almost this pressure that you should always be together doing your family games nights, cooking together, watching every movie together and loving life. It's also fine if you need to have some time on your fucking own. Like the number of people I've spoken to, friends who are, who absolutely adore their partners, but are like, I just need an hour on my own. Like that's fine as well. Like don't get into the comparison trap of your living situation having to be perfect because you see that so-and-so down the road is having the best time ever with her family. Like, it's it's intense for a lot of reasons at the moment, and we shouldn't be making one another feel guilty if they just need some space. Yeah, absolutely. God, if you were the kind of like partners or partners, partners or family that really like 
valued that alone time before all of this. And obviously this is going to be difficult. I think comparing yourself to someone who maybe is very accustomed to spending a lot of time with their family or their partner is just, again, it's just not helpful because everyone's relationships are such a different dynamic that, again, measuring yourself to someone else's standard just isn't helpful because you your family is your family and you have one dynamic you're with your partner for a reason because you have another dynamic like comparing it to someone else's is just not going to be helpful and everyone does need that time alone especially when people are in such close quarters together during this definitely and I think for a lot of people this will be the most time they've ever spent with their housemates their family their other halves like without a shadow of a doubt because even if one of you is a key worker and you're going out to work each day that's a different type of stress on the situation and then you've still got every evening every weekend and even if you spend a lot of time together you would never normally spend every waking second with that person I think that's the other thing I've felt in this as I see all these people having these really magical date nights at home and like setting up all these blanket forts I'm like oh I'm I'm not doing that like is there something wrong no 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 someone's just doing something different and that's absolutely fine but it's then having that responsibility, I guess, to kind of say it's just different. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's acknowledging that, that everyone's in a different situation and you can't, you can't put yourself in other people's shoes because you don't know what it's like and you don't know what other people are going through and how they need to cope. But I think just acknowledging, acknowledging that it's going to help you get out of that comparison trap and the productivity competition that seems to be going on on the face of it on all of the social media channels. Yeah, I think that's the important thing, isn't it? That you're right, everyone is different. Everyone's relationship is different. What everyone is going through is different. And just because someone shares what looks like the perfect indoors date night on Instagram doesn't mean that they haven't like not had a blazing row earlier that day. (laughs) And I mean, that's the case in normal life. But particularly now, I think there are so many, we're all around a bit more so we can all share a bit more which is lovely. And don't get me wrong, like I've chatted to people I don't normally get to chat to a lot more. And that's been lovely. But it also means that there's more opportunity for comparison. Because it's a lot harder to stay in your own lane. And not worry about what other people are doing in this situation. Oh, yeah, definitely. I feel like that wraps it up nicely for this week. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that leaves it in a really nice place for this week. So we hope that this has been helpful. And opened up a bit of a different discussion because this is a really stressful time, it's a really difficult time and we don't need to be any harder on ourselves than we normally are. Um, So if you did enjoy this and you want to listen to more of the 20 Sahar podcast, then you can do that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Acast. If you hit subscribe and leave us a review, we will be forever grateful because it helps other people discover the podcast too. And as always, you can get in touch with us um, via email, which is 20sahard at gmail.com or via the Instagram page, which is at 20s are hard. We hope you have a lovely couple of weeks. <laughs> stay safe, stay at home. Um, I hope we're sending lots of love to everyone at the moment and we'll speak to you then. Bye. Bye.